0: whoa 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 slow down if you haven't listened to episode seven of buckeye dad's discuss turn this off go back and listen okay are you good on this episode andy and i finished our conversation on fatherhood focusing more specifically on raising children in 2020 and then we move on to a lively list of the week
1: talked about hockey gotta be like the most expensive sport in the world so so kids are expensive uh tell me about child (sighs) care
0: so we i can't complain too much right like we've been so my wife and i moved out to madison wisconsin before we got engaged Uh, i couldn't really find a job in toledo and i had a buddy who lived out there so i was like okay like let's move to madison is this legit or not? She said, yes, we got engaged shortly thereafter. Uh, But we were only out there for about a year um, because again, we knew that we wanted to get married. We wanted to start our family quickly. Uh, And again, my wife and I are both from Toledo more or less. Uh, You know, I was born in Maine, but I still just tell people I'm from Toledo and all of our families here and just childcare is so ridiculously expensive that if we had not had the strong social net that we had in Toledo, like if we were still out in Madison, Wisconsin, Like we might've just been done at one kid uh, or maybe two, just because, you know, I'm about to send uh, baby number three to daycare uh, starting in January. This is going to be the first kid I've sent that is going to go for all five days. Uh, he'll be about one and a half. And it's, we were told, you know, it's going to be, Eleven hundred dollars a month five days a week again that's that's a mortgage payment like that was that was more money than what the mortgage on my old house was and again, we got a couple friends in our in our circle who you know they pay for you know two kids to go to daycare and there's a little bit of a discount and whatnot for that, but like it is so ridiculously expensive for child care and again, you want your kid to be safe and you know you hear all these horror stories. You want them to go to a reputable location if you don't have a family or a friend to send them to. Um, But really, I mean, I know that you've leaned on family for childcare. I've leaned on heavily on family for childcare. And it's, again, you know, we joked about three being that crazy large family for our generation. Childcare, the cost of childcare is one of the main reasons why.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it is $1,100 a month. Like I, I'm still reacting to that in my head. Like, there's no way I could do that. There's absolutely no way. I've been fortunate that a big fan of the show, my mom um, has, you know, watched, watched little man since day one. So I I, like, I I don't know how we, there's no way I don't think we would have been able to swing if a thousand dollars a month for daycare, it's just impossible. And I, I, I think you make a good point with, with three as a big family. I mean, Childcare has got to be a limiting factor. And, and I think at some point, if your family is going to be that big, you probably just have to bite the bullet and have one parent and become a single parent or a single income household, just because it, you're going to be paying more in childcare than you might make in an entire month if you're talking about three, four kids.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a break even point. That's, you know, again, you can make a good amount of money, but you start multiplying that number. And again, we... that, that you know, that's a that's a higher end number. It's a good look, it's a good location for where our works are. And uh at that location, our our son would be in the same room as one of my wife's good friends. So we have that extra layer of you know, knowing that somebody else is watching out for our kid who knows us personally. Um, so we could send our, our kid to someplace that's you know a little bit cheaper, but not like you know, gr- you know, ridiculously, you know, cheaper. We're still gonna be you know, close to a $1,000 probably for all five days of the week, um, you know, for as long as we are full days. So, you know, there comes to a point where it's like, okay, I could pay all this money and still go to work or I could just, you know, yeah, I'm not making that money, but I get all the added experience of being home with my own children and, and all the positives that that entails and I'm not paying for childcare. So uh, that's something that every Um, every parent in our generation has to weigh um, as far as what the rest of their uh, you know lifestyle is going to be as far as do we have two parents work uh, if we have two parents able to work and uh, or do we have somebody stay home with the kids yeah I mean I think
1: not to get too political here but I mean I think the system is broken here I mean the fact that that you know, you, you have to be making close to six figures to be able to realistically put a couple of kids through daycare. I mean, some, something's broken. So I think we could probably save some of those thoughts for for another, you know, more politically themed episode. But child care is crazy. And I, you know, again, I shout out to my mom for being willing to, to watch my crew because I don't know how I would have done it without her.
0: You yep. uh, know, a shout out to my mom and my wife's aunt and a, whole, a small army of people who have volunteered to uh, various phases of my kids' lives uh, come over and babysit and, and watch our children. So it, it really, you know, it, again, another corny line takes a village. Uh, but again, it, it, it's true. You just can't get around it uh, unless you're going to have uh, a parent stay home with the kids. Uh, it's just too expensive.
1: So Josh, 2020, what a year. Touch on in the open. I mean, this is, what a year. Um, so I think there's been some specific challenges that have probably come up in 2020 and, and maybe they're not, maybe I was just, just being naive or being an idiot before, but I think there's definitely some, some parenting moments in 2020 that I've thought about that I've, that I've never thought about before. And I don't think it necessarily has to do with the ages of my kids, but I think it just has to do with, with 2020 and, and some some questions that I've never asked that that I think now I'm asking probably every day. So so I think the first one is just how do you raise a kid to have a, a sense of social justice? I mean I think this is you know one of those things that I probably should have thought more about before, and and shame on me for not. But you know better late than ever, I guess. I I mean how do you raise a kid to to be decent in in these times where you know the world is is probably swinging a lot a lot further back to, to separating people into us and them groups.
0: Again, yeah, I think it, lar- it largely has to do with, you know, modeling good behavior at home. So, you know, we my oldest son, again, though kind of leading out another example. Um, he was in kindergarten last year and he had two classmates. Uh one who was uh relatively from my you know far off view a high functioning autistic look like uh, verbal and had a textbook and all that um, and integrated in the class had his own personal aid um, and then another uh, student with uh, what looked to be down syndrome um, also kind of you know with an aid and integrated into the classroom um, and just you know I would go to his classroom as much as I could. I volunteered on technology Mondays every now and again and I helped the teacher get all the kids logged into their Chromebooks so the kids could do their educational programs and I would just sit back and observe and see what was going on in the classroom. And then I would, you know, we would go home later that day around the dinner table and discuss and just be like, Oh, you know, what about this kid in your class who, you know, was maybe somebody who my son hadn't interacted with. What do you know about him? Oh, well, I mean, you know, maybe I don't know a lot about them. Well, Oh, do you ever sit with them at lunch and Oh, you should sit with them at lunch or you should try to play with them at recess. And, you know, just kind of, say hey like i know you have your own circle of friends or family you know he, he goes to school with some of his cousins that you gravitate towards uh but just saying hey oh you know maybe this this classmate of yours is kind of like your brother and you love your brother and uh and, and you know you still manage to play with him and that's something that you could do with these classmates and be like oh you know making that connection you know from a, a real world example that they're already comfortable with again, you know, if you had somebody in your neighborhood that was different from you, whether it be, you know, class or race or religion or, you know, whatever that kind of obvious difference uh, might be from your own personal uh, family and culture. And, you know, just to point out and say, hey, look, you know, you you see that 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 person does something different than we do. But that doesn't mean it's any, you know, there's there's anything wrong with that. It's good. You know, the things that make us different are, you know, things that make us interesting. You know, we try to, we do a lot of, you know, if everybody was the same, it would just be boring. And that would, you know, that wouldn't be very much fun. Uh, and, you know, just kind of put a positive spin on those differences that your children observe. And, and then just spin it as, hey, this is actually a positive because this is something uh, new and cool and unique that uh, that we don't do in our household. Um, And that's, that's been my first step, you know, with having my oldest kid be a first grader. And, you know, that's kind of the foundation that I want to start from.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great place to start from of, of, you know, calling attention to the to those things and kind of teaching them how to navigate the fact that the world is different, but that's okay. that that can be a positive i think something that that we try to something that we've always tried to do but i think we're being a lot more intentional with it now is is just trying to make sure that we're exposing our kids to different cultures in different ways so you know we'll go to the the art museum here in toledo does the great art escape the week before between christmas and new year's and they always bring in a lot of different cultural groups so there's a like a mexican uh, ballet company that comes in that we really like there's a, a drum group that comes in there's i want to say it's an like an irish dancing group so we try and go especially to that every year but but really just to take our kids to to places where they'll be exposed to different cultures you know to eat at places where it's you know different foods even you know to go to different neighborhoods to not when we go to different cities and to really just just try and expose our kids to as as many different parts of the world as we can so that they can Come to appreciate that diversity and, and see different places and see different things. Um I do think it's really important, like you said, to to have those conversations and, and to not, you know, if a if a kid sees something that's different, to not just kind of do that that where you kind of shush them. You know, you see the see people do that where they they shush the kids and no don't say anything about that, but to really call it I like the way you, you said you did that where you call attention to it and you say, no, no, no. I mean, that's something that they do in their family, and, and that's really cool. And I think we, you know, encourage our kids as much as possible to learn about different cultures. And and one of the, the things that we did over COVID, you know, during the the real lockdowns, I think was we identified different countries and we would celebrate weeks so we did like a Jamaica week you know where we would watch videos about Jamaica and try and learn things and we tried we grilled mango and papaya on the grill which I would have never thought that grilling mango would have turned out great it's amazing like go try it tomorrow fire up the grill throw some mango on there it's, <laughs> it was it was incredible th- I thought it was I, I thought it would just kind of you know disintegrate because it was watery but oh, delicious um, we really like Jamaica week, but, you know, we did, we did other, other cultures too, and, and just try to, you know, take that time to, to really learn that and, and try and honor something about other cultures, and, you know, and, and as adults, there's things that we're learning. So to, to role model that curiosity of, you know, yeah, maybe I don't know a lot about that group, or I don't know a lot about that country or, or a lot about those people, but I'd sure like to learn. Cause I, I think it's really interesting to learn how, how different people live their lives absolutely um so i i, I guess you know I, I do have the oldest kid in the group um so i i'm curious to get your perspective on this how did you guys handle like media coverage of of the black lives matter protests this summer or were your kids exposed to it at all and if so how how did you handle that how did you kind of have that conversation with them of of dad what's going on
0: so Kids still young for that. Uh, we transitioned out of uh, direct TV. So uh, to just basically Hulu, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there's pretty limited opportunity where we actually have like real news on the TV. Um, you know, certainly the kids are very perceptive and are listening to everything that you say, even if they don't really uh, seem like they are. Uh, you know, I've definitely ha- heard my oldest son say a few off the cuff things about uh president donald trump that uh would surprise me uh that just that he would even know to say something like that uh uh, you know about how he's not very nice and all that uh and and certainly i'm sure he's heard things like that come out of my own mouth um but really this isn't really this isn't on our outline but i kind of i think this is a very closely related topic um we haven't really touched on that a lot but Andy, have you had uh any of your children yet do you like uh you know uh a gun, you know, school shooting type drill while they were at school? Yes. So, and
1: I've I've actually participated that when I worked in the school, I've I've participated in them kind of from the inside.
0: Did we well. ever did we ever have one of those? I, I don't think we did, right? We never no. did it's one of the things again i'm not gonna i'm not gonna revisit it i i spent plenty of time and emotion um in our issues uh podcast talking about this uh but really it's it's just heartbreaking that's all i'm gonna say uh that it's come to this point where for our kids they have to know you know to lie under their desk and make themselves as small as they can and and you know where they can hide in the classroom and all of that uh that wasn't on our outline but you know as far as specific challenges of parenting in 2020, I mean, I can't, you know, that has to be top three for me as far as just some awful thing that we didn't have to deal with that, unfortunately, is a reality for our children's generation.
1: Yeah, so having participated in one of those from the inside, it is absolutely terrifying as an adult. It was completely traumatic to the kids. I, yeah, I I think I am going to go into the weeds on this. I was debating if I, how far I wanted to go with this. I don't get it. I think it's a terrible idea. I think it's absolutely traumatic to put kids through a situation of, yeah, some people may come here and try and shoot you. And what we can do is we can lock the door and hide and hope that if they shoot in here, they miss us. I mean, that is not, that is not something, I mean, I guess it's realistic for kids to have to worry about in a school environment. I am a hundred percent against having the drills. We did Alice training. I think it's, it's it's not great i guess I, under, I i like the idea that it it offers an alternative besides just locking the door but i mean actually locking the door is statistically extremely effective but to put kids through that i mean i i don't think i understand why you need to have the kids involved in that you can just train the adults on that ha, teach the adults that if you call you know whatever the code is you lock the door you really don't need to traumatize the kids and say yeah i mean it's a realistic possibility that someone's going to come in here and shoot you so we need to practice for it i mean i remember as a kid being afraid of a tornado drill saying are tornadoes really going to come get us and right you know yeah i've never been in a tornado either but i they're they're terrifying it was terrifying to participate in i'm i can't imagine what i would have felt like as it's a kid that was pretty anxious i mean they're unfortunately, awful.
0: <laughs> unfortunately, children have been dealing with this for long enough now that like there's actually some real like data and literature on it. And I think we are kind of getting to that point. It's not something that I follow extremely closely from, uh, uh you know, what the most cutting edge research is. But I've started to read now that like the overall cost benefit ratio of doing these drills is kind of just they are not worth it from a mental health perspective uh, and you know what you're doing to the kids making them drill and putting them in the situation uh is is it's so traumatic as to you know obviously you know you just it sounds like it's a cross your fingers and hold your breath and hope that it never happens type deal uh and it sucks that that's you know the best that we can really offer um but maybe these drills are a little extreme um and not exactly uh giving the benefit that we hope that they are so um yeah i don't know i mean i i also have had alice training network and it's just it's it's just ridiculous like you're throwing your you know you're throwing your stapler you know at the at the shooter or whatever it's it's ar-15 versus stapler who's gonna win hopefully all of the sta- staplers will combine together you know and they will transform in the you know ultron and and, and win the day or whatever but i, I you know that's something that uh, you know, it's, I I didn't mean to take us down this dark corner, but uh, that's definitely if you had to say challenges for 2020, uh, that's something I'm putting on the list.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I do take a little bit of of exception to the the language that you used, though. So you said that this is the best we can do, and. Well, I it's mean, not. I, yes, it, yeah. I, I know you'll agree with me on this. It's not the best we can do. It's just the best that we're the best that we're willing to do is to send our kids into this environment and say, well, let's just hope nothing bad happens because we're not willing to do things like you know, common sense gun reform that's going to keep things like this or at least make things like this much more difficult. So it's it's not the best we can do. It's the best that we're willing to do because this is America, and we still have to have our shooty toys. <laughs>
0: yeah no let's let's not keep going down this rabbit hole you know we, we could easily become derailed so last um, week I said I wasn't playing politics this this week you're keeping us on track so yes. I, I like the balance yeah. <laughs> trying my best so you have a you have a here how do you handle when your kids are in a naturally non-diverse environment and uh, you know it's something that you know I look in my in my kids classroom and I see a, a whole bunch of white kids again obviously not that there's anything wrong with that but you know from a a cultural exposure type deal you know it starts getting very homogenous and when you are in that homogenous environment your homogenous environment can turn into a bubble and you know it becomes harder and harder to relate to things that are outside the bubble so what do you think on that topic
1: yeah i think that that plays a lot on what we were talking about earlier i think that's why we try to be so intentional with exposing our kids to different cultures because we have the same kind of school environment and, and it, it, it's tough. I mean, because you want your kids to, to be able, I mean, the, the best way to be able to, to identify and to care about other people is to actually have interactions with them. So, you know, you know, I, I guess earlier I did say, you know, we try and do videos and we try and, you know, explore the world a little bit in other cultures, but there's, there's nothing like beating someone who's different than you to really, have that understanding and to learn about them so i think the way that, that we try and handle that number one is to just that that's why we try and be very intentional with exposing our kids to, to all different kinds of things but at the same time i mean if they're going to be in school all day with a, a bunch of kids that look like them that's tough and and i think we've even gotten to the point where we've discussed like is is this the, the environment that we really want our kid to be in you know, I, yeah. I, and, and I, I think we've gone so far as as to question if that's the right school, because we don't want to just to to have a kid in, in a place where all, all the kids look the same. So, you know, we haven't taken that step yet, but I think that that's something that, that in 2020 is, is on the table for us of, it's important to have diverse environments. And I think it, at, you know, I don't I won't go on the political road too much but I think that's that's why it's important you know at, at policy level that we have schools where the kids don't all look the same. Um, but on a personal level I, I think that's a choice that that every parent has to make and like I said I mean that, that's that's a choice that we may end up making that that we're generally happy with the school our, our kids in but but it's not diverse and and that that may become a deal breaker for us sooner than later.
0: Right. I'm going to say this person's name and I really don't mean it in a political way at all, but like you have AOC and she gets a lot of flack for being oh, like, oh, I'm just this bartender from New York City. And it's like, what's wrong? You know, how many people do we know that have worked in a restaurant or worked in a bar? Like these are people who, you know, came from that, you know, average middle class or working class or maybe not even, you know, maybe even lower class. Uh, type environments and who better to know the realities of those uh, situations and maybe the things that really could help those people versus having just everybody be a well-off person who went to an Ivy League school and and lived in this little bubble and, and hasn't ever met a you know a wide swath of the country so you know again if you get that exposure to those people who live a different kind of way than you again like you and I went to one of the largest uh, colleges in the country our freshman year I lived on a dorm with people who had widely different uh experiences than me And I mean again it's I'm we're not all just talking about like race and culture like I had a roommate my freshman year uh who was from the southern part of the state and had a little bit of country draw and uh you know we seemed like we kind of had largely different experiences from like city versus uh rural type areas and and in 2020 that's one of the biggest divides you can have two white people but you you pull one from a big city and one from a rural area and they could be way more different than you know people of different uh you know races or religions and, and what have you uh from the same type of area so you know, you and I got to go uh, to a a big old melting pot and get exposed to a lot of uh, different types of people. I really think that's a really valuable experience. And it just depends on at what age can you start having those?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think, you know, of course, the the answer to that is the earlier you can do that, the better. And ideally, that'll happen in school. But if that's not in school, I think that's where it's, it's truly incumbent on us on parents to seek out those opportunities to make sure that, if it's not in school that our kids somewhere are getting exposed to people that have experienced life differently than them in, in some different ways. So I think I do have some hope for for this generation of kids though. I think from what I've seen, you know, of school age kids, they're maybe not as, as as quick to exclude people as as we were maybe, mm-hmm. you know, our generation was not, not us personally necessarily, but you know, our generation. So. I think the one hope that I have is, is I've seen our generation and I and think we're really seeing that carried forward into our kids' generation is that homophobia, I think, has is, is gone from something that I think when we were kids was probably a lot more common to, I think now the people that, it, at least in the experience that I've had that are homophobic, people kind of look at them and say, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, you know, let, let's let people live their lives, so. I think that is the greatest hope that I have for our kids' generation. I, I hope that they can, you know, bridge that that gap of, of racial inequality too and become more inclusive. And I think 2020, looking back, is going to be a moment where I hope a lot of parents are, are going to take that turn and say, you know, I really need to prioritize this in my kids' development. But I think, you know, even before this point, I think, being accepting of you know lgbtq people is something that that our kids hopefully that's not even going to be a factor for them so that that is you know to maybe end this segment a little bit on on a positive note i think that's something i have i've seen a lot of hope for i mean like if i you know for us as kids i think if somebody said D- described a, a same-sex couple we would have been like wait did you say wife and wife and like if i say that to my kids it doesn't even register mm-hmm. to them as you know that's just oh yeah that's you know and so and that's her wife and, and i think that's so cool to see so i'm hoping that's something that that continues with our kids generation
0: yeah i'm never gonna i've never gotten the impulse that i've seen uh you know on facebook etc where it's like oh this generation can't do a, B and C. And it's like, well, you were the generation that raised that generation. Uh, you, you know, again, people are you know, responsible for their own lives and their own, and their own selves. But like, at some point you have to say, I'm a little bit culpable if I, you know, if these people, uh, you know, grew up with this glaring weakness and I had the opportunity to address it. And I didn't at all. Uh, you know, that's at least, so again, that's, knock on wood, one thing that I, you know, I should never catch myself doing. Um, I'm sure that my, uh, my kids are going to have holes in their resume, you know, um, hopefully they can cook uh, better than uh, definitely me. Uh, my wife is is a great cook when she does cook, but that's not exactly our household's forte. Um, I hope they get uh, their grandfather's handyman genes because, they are SOL if they get my ability to use, uh, basic tools. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to be, uh, holes in, in my kids' resumes and holes in the next generation's resumes, but maybe they won't be as uniform. Maybe everybody won't have that one glaring weakness, not being exposed to a certain thing. Uh, and, and all we can do is model good behavior and, and, uh, try and highlight, uh, you know, the best things about other people in our, in our society and, and hopefully it has a good outcome.
1: Absolutely. So you, you said your kids are a little bit young to start having those politics conversations.
0: Yeah. I mean, besides, you know, I mean, we got a, we got a Biden sign in our front yard and, uh, you know, in a depressingly large amount of, uh, Trump signs in our, in our neighborhood, but, uh, you know, for the most part, again, like it's a good philosophical question and something we can certainly return to in another episode. Um, But at what point we've talked a lot about exposure and, you know, showing our kids, you know, different, uh, you know, positive aspects, right? Other cultures, other different types of of, uh, maybe traditions or activities that other people encounter. Uh, But there's also the flip side of that coin, right? Where it's like, what do we shield our children from? Is shielding our children a good thing? You know, do we preserve their innocence in some of those critical, you know, child years? Or is it, you know, uh, you know, how much exposure is too much exposure type deal, especially with some of the darker elements? Again, we talked about those, um, you know, gun safety drills and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I would say we, that's, we are not yet at that age where that's something I really consider talking to my children about. But yeah, it's certainly going to be a question, you know, over the next uh, over the next decade uh, to when to start really going a little bit uh, more full bore uh, on that topic.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a conversation that maybe we could better save for another day because I think there's, like you said, you know, if we're talking philosophically, I think we could probably do a whole episode on on the idea of talking to kids about politics. It's interesting because my oldest is starting to, you know, has some strong feelings on the election and. Things that I'm I'm pretty proud of, but uh, I think just you know to to touch on that point a little bit, to to hit it briefly. I think um, I always just just follow up any statements, any any political thoughts that I hear with, well, tell me why you think that. You know, so mm-hmm. it's, you, you can't think you know Donald Trump's an idiot. You're right. You're 100 <laughs> percent correct but you have to have a reason you can't just say he's an idiot because he's an idiot you gotta say he's an idiot because you know and she'll follow it up with because he lies correct because he's mean correct because he doesn't seem to know what he's doing correct so
0: d <laughs> all, all, the, true, d all you just, of the above <laughs>
1: you, you gotta have a reason so
0: so yeah i mean again i you know hopefully 2020 is going to be one of those years we can put behind us at some point Uh, but as our you know as as we become more technologically advanced you know we you know try to you know model the best behavior that we can for our kids and then just hope I mean again you know internet what our kids can be exposed to on the internet and that whole uh, very dark wormhole that we can go down uh, you know there's so much scary things that our children can be exposed to. Um, And it's just going to be a, you know, one of the things about being a dad is just, it is the best thing in the world. Uh, It has brought me, you know, the most joy, uh, you know, the greatest sense of accomplishment, uh, just so proud at at what my children uh, are growing into, uh, who my children are growing into and, and, and what kind of people they're becoming, Um, But there's also the flip side of that, right? Like, it's also the scariest thing. It's also the thing that, you know, there's that constant background sense of anxiety of, you know, are my kids doing okay? You know, what horrible things could happen to them that if I'm constantly vigilant, maybe wouldn't happen to them. Uh, You know, your children get sick and, uh, you know, you wish you could take that pain away from them Uh, or they have a horrible experience at school or, or with a friend and, um so you know there's you know with great uh with great joy comes uh you know great sadness as well and uh you know it's the price that we pay for being dads but uh, i I think i can safely speak for you and that we wouldn't trade it for anything else
1: nothing in the world the best experience but yeah i I think i think this is an important year you know so many so many questions have been raised you know Mm -hmm between the election between you know the the social justice summer that we've had it, i think it is important that as awful as this year has been and as challenging as is this year has been it's it's definitely an opportunity that you know i i've personally taken for sure to to really step back and think about god our world sucks but also you know the only way to to make our world a better place i th- i think you know as dads i think that's one of the best opportunities we have to affect our world is, is to raise good people and, and people that care. So I think this year has, has been a year for me. That's, that's really been a time to, to, to be very intentional about how can I raise the, the best, the best little people that I can and, and people that are going to make the world a better place and, and hopefully avoid, you know, the next 20, 20, 10 years from now.
0: We can only hope all right, andy I think that's a great place to leave off that was a, a, a really great conversation and i feel uh buoyed by uh my own personal experiences of fatherhood and the fact that I, I don't seem way off uh since we seem to share a lot of those same ideas so um that's all great um we're gonna close this topic out any last thoughts on fatherhood
1: yeah i mean it's 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 amazing it's you know if you, if you haven't done it I, I would suggest you know if you have and an unending supply of cash laying around—it's something that you should get yourself into as a hobby. Oh um.
0: uh, yes, I, I love the joke. I love the joke with my family. It's like, if I if I had not, you know, met my wife, got married, had kids, uh, added a dog to the family, um, I would probably be living in a 500 square foot apartment, a million dollars in my bank account. Uh, driving some old beat up car uh, and, and who knows how I would fill my hours, uh, but it just would not, it would not be worth it. Um, I wouldn't trade this for, for anything else. So,
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's worth every sleepless night. It's, it's worth every dollar that you put into it. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't trade any of the experiences
0: I've had as a dad for, for anything else in the world. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up on the topic of fatherhood. Uh, Before we get out of here, we're going to close out this episode with another list of the week.
1: It's the list of the week.
0: And our topic for this list of the week, Andy, we're going to do top five favorite slash best classic rock bands. But we're going to put a little bit of a wrinkle on this one. So instead of just trading back and forth, giving our list, hoping that we don't have any duplicates, uh, we're going to snake draft bands. So this is going to add a little strategic element to this. If there's somebody you really want on your team, you can think, hey, do I want to uh, maybe hope that this band will slip to me in a later round? Uh, But we're going to uh, each draft five bands, uh, and then we'll compare our teams at the end. Uh, Andy, uh, I'm going to – would you like the first pick, or would you like two and three?
1: Ooh. I, I mean, I think the only fair way is to flip a coin.
0: Okay. So let's. I got uh, one. All right. Do it. You want heads or tails? Tail, tails never fails, baby. Tails fail this time. It's heads. Okay. Your pick.
1: Well, before I, before I make my first pick, I want to say just say what a delightfully way the delightful way to end the dad episode it's classic (laughs) rock so it's really tying us together you know with the generation of our fathers that that we covered and then to do a snake draft to bring that in that element of fantasy sports into it this is what what a way to this is a brilliant way to end the dad episode what a dad thing to do the only thing that would have been better is top five dad jokes so i love
0: what you come up here come up with us for here Real quick, Andy, before you give the first band, I just want to say something really stupid. Uh, music is, is, is really good and underrated. Um, I've been listening to podcasts uh, since we were in college, the very early days of the medium. And over the last, I don't know, maybe five or six years at least, um, I've really like my music consumption has gone way down and my podcast consumption has gone way up. Uh, but 2020 has just been so stressful that sometimes there's too much information overload and I'm like, Oh, what else can I do instead of listening to the written word and having to think about this? Um, let's, uh, let's, there's this thing called music and you can just listen to it and just vibe on it. Like this is amazing. So, um, this is one genre that I definitely grew up with in my house all credit goes to my dad for exposing me to most of this music. Um, It's a genre that I have kind of gone up and down with. Um, I've had long stretches of time where I've been more into kind of newer alternative rock or uh, hip hop rap top 40 type stuff. Uh, but uh, I've swung back recently to listening to a lot more classic rock. And it's definitely a genre that's always going to be close to my heart. Yeah.
1: I'm with you on that. Um I don't, I don't Listen to as nearly as much music as I used to, but when I do, it's like, Oh, yeah, this is good. You're not nobody's getting murdered in this because you know, I i love true crime podcasts. I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but I it's so I'll be like one year is like Daniel Tiger's neighborhood on the TV, and then the other year I got like the Bluetooth going. And it's like, and mm-hmm. they found the third body, and I'm like, What am I doing with my life? So, yeah, music sometimes is just a nice way to get away from that. Um,
0: so like, I I guess that puts me on the clock, right, Commissioner? Uh, I mean, you have your last chance. You have your choice. You can take the first pick, uh, but you won the coin toss. So if you prefer to have two and three, uh, certainly up to you. So your decision. Oh, I don't think you'll take either of my top two. So I'm going to take picks two and three. Go ahead. I was was hoping that you would take the first pick. So I'm looking at my list. Who do I want with the number one pick? And I also think that there's going to be some you know i think your list and my list will be different i think we're going to be targeting different bands uh but i'm going to go ahead and take the rolling stones with my first pick and here's what i'm going to say about the rolling stones there are two types of people in this world andy there are people who like the rolling stones and there are bitches who like the beatles (laughs) this is this is one of the bits that i've carried on since college uh we lived in a dorm uh we had two people who loved the beatles and they would just talk back and forth about how great they were and i would just drop in and just be that guy who just that annoying pain in the ass guy who'd be like oh yeah they're a great pop band you know you know they're you know they're fine um but there are people who like the beatles and then there are men who like a band with the edge and like the stones give me the stones all day that their greatest hits man i could just listen one of the important things for my list is going to be quantity do you just have a ton of songs that i can just listen to and just not want to turn the station the stones have the edge i love them give me the stones all day they're my number one pick
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's like the draft where you have Andrew Luck is available with the first overall pick. When you got Andrew Luck, you're going to take Andrew Luck. I mean, classic pick. It's a great pick. Spoiler alert, I don't think the Beatles are going to be picked on these lists. I mean, you kind of drop the bottom out. I have them listed on my definitely going to snub list, which I have on my notes here. So uh, (laughs) if you like the
0: the the Beatles, Beatles,
1: probably go ahead and turn it off.
0: Yeah, they're the Aaron Rodgers of uh, this draft,
1: apparently. Oh, man. they're they're, yeah the Brady Quinn sitting in the room crying by themselves uh they'll they'll be there at the end not gonna be picked so (laughs) like the pick of the stones number one they were definitely on my list I I think I had them at three on my pre-draft rankings so
0: you'll get to see who I
1: had ahead of them real quick here
0: all right you got two and three so go ahead and give us uh give us your first pick number two all right
1: so uh number two overall in the 2020 classic rock draft
0: i will select queen you bitch <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm cross yeah th- they definitely were in my top three so i'm crossing them off okay you got queen yeah, so,
1: tell no, us I, I, actually, queen.
0: I thought you would go stones
1: first so I, w- I was okay with taking taking queen at number two um i mean let's start with the bad i mean yeah we are the champions is is terrible you can fight me on that i don't know how you feel about that we will Rockies all right we are the champions is, is terrible so we'll get that out of the way pretty much everything else is great
0: under pressure bohemian rhapsody there's just such a wide range like freddie as the front man just unparalleled just oh so good
1: Brought a little bit of that that glamorous edge to rock really kinda I think was the beginning of of what would end up being the hair band 80s, which I absolutely loved. Um but yeah, I mean you want to talk about quantity of hits with the Rolling Stones. I mean Queen is up there. There's you could probably do a we're dating ourselves a little bit by saying CDs, we could probably do a a, a two C D, you know, greatest hits and, and it's it's gonna be all bangers
0: and we are the champions. So
1: I'm, I'm taking I'm Queen.
0: I'm jealous. I wanted them on my team, but a good good pick by you. Great pick by you. Um
1: go ahead and make my next pick. I I I think this is a band you probably won't be as upset that I'm taking, but it's it's a band that won't surprise you that I have on my list. So Pink Floyd is going to be the other
0: the other choice I make here. Okay. Uh I'm I'm not that there would have been a time in my life where I would have wanted them on my team I would have been upset about it. The older I get, the less Uh, the less married to them that I am. So go ahead and tell us why Pink Floyd was your second pick.
1: I mean, Pink Floyd's a unique sound. So I I love the kind of the the concept album ideas that they have, you know, the, the, the wall, I think is absolutely fascinating. That's one of those things that you can kind of listen to and listen to it. Every time you listen to it, you get a little something different out of it. So, so the replayability there is, is top notch. Um, This is a band that doesn't really play well to, to greatest hits though so that's that's why it's a band i was thinking maybe you wouldn't necessarily be so so upset that i took but so there's something you really gotta that's something you can you can you know get an hour's worth of them playing a whole album in the background and it's it's nice background it's nice kind of sets the mood usually brings the tone down a little bit so they're they're not not the flashiest band and they're definitely not the you know a band that's pumping out a bunch of of top singles but it's a band I can definitely sit down and listen to for, for 30, 40 minutes and, and they'll keep my interest.
0: Um, All I'm going to say, like there was a time in my life, especially in high school where I would have probably really wanted them on my team. Uh, The older I get, just the more like, I want that music to either like fire me up or to like chill out and relax. And there's just too much of an element of despair in their music to like to really like it puts me a little bit on edge, and it's not the vibe that I'm really feeling anymore. But obviously, great bands, um, you know, can't fight that pick at all. Okay, so I'm happy that my I I have picks four and five now. My my second and third picks. Uh, one very clear no brainer for me. Uh, I'm happy they're still on the board. I'm going to take ACDC with my next pick.
1: On the list. Um... They, they wouldn't have been my next pick, but they, they were on, you know, they, they did make my top 10. So if you're talking about pump up music, if you're talking about like stadium anthems at top of the class.
0: Yeah. And this is really like the unifying theme of who I wanted on my team. Like my, my top three picks were the stones queen ACDC in no particular order. Um, and, and really it's just quantity of songs. There's so much, you know, uh, Bon Scott, and brian johnson uh both have you know fantastic uh careers with the band um i i'm gonna you know as you kind of had a controversial opinion um i ab- about uh we are the champions which i mean come on how can you not like that um back in black is like i can leave a whole lot of stuff on that cd and not and it's not really in my upper echelon uh acdc uh i'm gonna lean more towards the bon scott era and a lot of the the earlier songs it's not that it's bad but again i'm not saying that one of the greatest rock albums ever is bad by no means but uh, back in black and you shook me all night long like there's only so many wedding receptions where you've got the geriatric crowd out there on the dance floor uh you know the you shook me all night long like it, it's, it's a good cd uh there's a lot of other stuff i'm looking for but again quantity of hits you know, that, you know, that pump up music, something to get you really fired up, uh, really no, uh there's nobody else like ACDC in that regard.
1: I, I think my only, uh, the thing that pushed them a little bit further down my list is to me, I think they're boomer or bust. So they're that like that speedy wide receiver. And it's like they might score a touchdown, but they might also, you know, have one reception for six yards. So to me, their good stuff is really good. They're other stuff yeah. is like, yeah, I can leave that. I mean, I feel like I've listened to a lot of kind of the deeper cuts and it's like, this is just the same song seven different times with different yes. words. So. There's, a, there's <laughs> a
0: lot of of that where it's just like which you, you hear the opening notes and you're like, which song is this? Or you, you're like, you're humming the chorus to one song, but it's actually the other song. So I'm not going to fight you on that part, but uh, their highs are extraordinary and that's why they're going to be my second overall pick pick number four already right, i'm gonna leave a lot of good stuff on the table for you uh, I, I mean there's going to be lots of screams um based on the fact of all these different bands that i skip over but this is my own personal list for my next pick i'm taking the eagles you can have them i <laughs> love me some eagles so again if my first three picks are largely you know pump up the volume Let's go. Let's get fired up. Type musics. This is the laid back. Let's chill. You know, let's sit on. Let's sit in the recliner, and and sip something nice to drink, and kind of just watch TV or doze off or, or you know, just sit back and enjoy the moment. Um, also, a lot of songs that kind of sound the same, um, but really, you know, I, I there's so there's so much of their stuff that I just find so enjoyable to listen to. So that's why I'm taking the Eagles.
1: Yeah, that's a band that did not make my top 10. I I thought it would be a controversial, uh, you know, if we did a top 10 list, I think it'd probably be controversial to not have them in the top 10, but I, I respect it. I get it. A lot of iconic songs, but I mean, I can't think of one song that I would, that's really elite for me. There's a couple that are like, yeah, that's decent. I probably wouldn't turn the station, but you want the Eagles, you can have them.
0: Uh, I will gladly, gladly take them. All right, give us your next, next pick.
1: All right, so so before the show, I wanted to make sure that, that this band would fit your definition of classic rock, and I think we agreed that they are at the, uh, the the northernmost limit of what classic rock would be considered, but I'm taking Guns N' Roses.
0: Okay, so you wanted to say that ACDC had a, you know, their good stuff is good, but their their other stuff is just, eh. Like, I can make an argument that this band is, like, five songs tops and then it falls off a cliff. So give me your case for Guns N' Roses.
1: I don't disagree with some of that. I do think that they're, <laughs> they're a band that's, that they're, they're top heavy. I think the thing that set them apart from ACDC for me is, their top heaviness it's it's so versatile so you got like november rain that's like the you know the the ballad with the piano and everything and, and then you got you know welcome to the jungle which is one of the you know talk about songs that get you going if that doesn't get you going check your pulse you might be dead um so i think it's to me it was just a little bit of the versatility in the i I think they're very similar to acdc that yeah there's 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 some there's some rough stuff in there you know the the stuff that's not the top but that top end stuff is it's good it's elite level classic rock music and it's just so versatile there's you know there's a little bit of something for everyone
0: okay all right i buy it oh that's another pick for me right yeah
1: another pick for you all right. Uh so that'd be my fourth pick. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the who. Okay. Yeah. So, they're, I, they're on my classic. short list. Mm-hmm. They're 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 a bit like the Rolling Stones for me. I mean, you can you can put on the Who for a while and they have a lot of really, really solid stuff. Again, a couple of those. I I think to to make the top place, you really have to have that iconic song. So, you know, something like Who Are You? And I mean totally immortalized with csi miami so you, you'll never forget <laughs> yep. that one but i think that's an, an elite level song i think there's and i think they're one that that you know contrasting with what we were saying about acdc and uh guns and roses i i think some of their less popular stuff when you listen to it it's like oh okay like this this is good i've you know maybe never heard this before heard it a couple of times but i think they're i think their floor is much higher than some of those other bands so i, I think they have that elite level talent at the top with those good songs, but then they also have a solid, solid filler behind it. So I'm taking the who.
0: squeeze box, baby. That's a good song
1: (laughs) in and out and in and out.
0: (laughs) All right. So I am up for my last two picks and man, there is a ton of stuff still on the board, Andy, uh, (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the we're gonna get laughed out of this list here when nobody picks the Beatles um and they're they're not going on my list I'm sorry they're they're obviously a good band but um I don't have that personal uh, affection for them that so many people do um so I'm not gonna put them on my list we're just doing good music here <laughs> Ooh, shots fired um man Led Zeppelin is hanging out there and I I assume they're probably going to get snapped up by you, but I'm going to leave them off my list. Again, that's just a band that I just never really like their music is, uh, you know, is objectively great, um, but just never really had the connection to it. And, uh, you know, stylistically just kind of all over the place and and, and they're not doing it for me. So uh, I'm going to take Somewhat of a sentimental pick based on what happened lately, but I'm going to take Van Halen as my next band.
1: Yeah, they they were on my short list as well. So if you didn't take him, that that was a possibility with my last pick.
0: Uh, really, just like, um, ex, you know, the guitar. I mean, you most of the most bands you really think of that that lead singer, that front man, but just the guitar in. Uh, in Van Halen, just so powerful, just so memorable. Um, you know, you get those solos where it's just like, how can anybody move their fingers in this way um, and make this kind of music? Um, really, just a fun, a fun band. Something again to get you pumped up. And and I, I think they're real good. I think they have uh, quite a few albums that I would like to just listen to. And, you know, I think also that their their floor is is sneakily high um you know there's a lot of just songs that i'm like okay yeah i mean that's obviously Van Halen, and it's a pretty easy listen so um i'm gonna take them uh with my fourth pick and i wanted and with my last pick uh, this might surprise you i don't know um of the two co-hosts on buckeye that's discuss uh, only one of them apparently is a misogynist i'm gonna take fleetwood mac as my final pick uh for my classic rock band and Andy I see a very surprised look on your face
1: I didn't know that you could name a single Fleetwood Mac song so that that, upset alert this is it's not Appalachian State over Michigan but it might be Toledo over Michigan shocked so I I well
0: will I reel tell me why okay so this is definitely the wild card on my list like of all the bands that we've mentioned so far except maybe pink Floyd because my mom hates pink Floyd and didn't really want it on in the house. All of these bands were, were in our house all the time. My dad, you know, my dad loves this genre. I will put them on all the time. But Fleetwood Mac is something that I came to very late uh, because I don't really ever remember uh, them being on in our house. And, uh, and you said, I didn't know you could name a song. I-, I can name their songs. Can I really match the names of their songs to the songs? Uh, I have to sit down and think about it, but Stevie Nicks's voice is just so melodic. It's so just enticing. It's that siren song that's just leading me into just a, you know, a very emotional, uh, kind of nostalgic, uh, a place. And I just think her voice is so beautiful. I think the music is just, you know, it's really great to just sit down and, and relax and listen and listen to their music. Um, so it's a late addition to my uh, palette, but uh, Fleetwood Mac is going to take the fifth and final spot on my list. I, I don't think that's a bad pick. That's, that's just a, a surprising pick to
1: me. I would have there's probably 10 other bands I would have guessed you would have taken over them. So th- that's a solid pick.
0: All right. You got the last one, Chief.
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean, there, there's still a lot of good stuff on the board here. So I'll, I'll give some shout outs to bands that I think were snugged um, I mean, yeah, the Beatles not making the list. <laughs> um, the Doors, I think, are a band that that people would probably they'd find them there themselves on a lot of top ten lists, and they're not going to make it in here. I think Rush is a potentially controversial band, at least in our friend group. I think there were some some strong battle lines being drawn. So I, I and I wanted to take them because they're Canadian, but I, I man, I just can't get over the lead
0: singer. Right? If it was just <laughs> the music, if they got it, I can't. I can't, and I'm not going to. I agree. <laughs> I'm with you so far. On, uh, the Doors would not have been in my top twenty. I don't think so. No, I, I agree. They're they're a band I'm not going to pick,
1: but I think they're a band that popularly would be high. So, mm-hmm. my last
0: pick, I'm taking Leonard Skinner. They were on my list. I'm not surprised that you took them.
1: Yeah. So, oh, I guess one more snub. Uh, CCR, Creedence Clearwater. I, I think. I'm sad they didn't make the, I was hoping you would take them because I thought they deserved to be rostered, but, but I wasn't taking them, but, but Leonard Skinner, you know, there's 117 different people in that band. So I I don't know which era you want to talk about because I, you know, I think that that band was ever changing. I mean, Freebird is if you think of classic rock and you don't think of Freebird, you know, what are you doing with your life? That's, that is classic rock.
0: Yeah. So Um, quick, quick Freebird story. Um, Again, as I said earlier, I took history of rock and roll. My final exam for that class, our professor came in maybe 10 minutes late, looked hungover as hell and says, I haven't printed your final exams yet. He's like, what do you want me to do? And somebody just yelled out, free bird <laughs> in a 300-person class. And uh, the teacher just kind of looked up and like looked in that general right direction and just like, gave the what's up nod and then just ignored it but uh yeah <laughs> free word indeed
1: yeah, it's a, a classic southern rock band i mean they've again they have some of the iconic songs i think they're another one of those bands that has a sneaky floor where it's you listen to to a decent amount of you know you get into some of the deeper stuff you're like yeah you know what? this still goes pretty hard so uh, leonard Skinner is going to round out my top five
0: All right, so I'm going to recap what we ended up picking here. Andy, your top five ended up being Queen, Pink Floyd, Guns N' Roses, The Who, and Leonard Skinner. I end up with The Rolling Stones, ACDC, The Eagles, Van Halen, and Fleetwood Mac. Um, As far as some other uh, people who were close to making my list, I definitely considered putting the Beach Boys on, on, on my list. I do love them. I think that's about the earliest... Cut off for classic rock that we would have accepted. Um, again, I'm I'm sorry, Led Zeppelin, we did you wrong. Um, Jimi Hendrix, just for the guitar alone. Speaking of uh, excellent guitar players, has a, a, a handful of songs that I just really love. Uh, oh, if, if
1: we if we'd have went two or three more on the list, I'd have snapped out Jimi Hendrix for sure.
0: Um, I think CCR is just a better is a better pick than Leonard Skinner. So, um, you know, to each their own, obviously. Um, and then Aerosmith was a band that I flirted with, but I feel like I have the stones uh I have a c d c already I, I have van Halen It just seemed a little redundant to me and then my like really like personal i can't justify putting you on the list but uh steve miller's uh greatest hit c d is just very enjoyable uh definitely some very catchy songs on there uh that i that I really enjoy so that's kind of my uh, my wild card can't really make this can't really make the list uh, objectively, but uh, definitely enjoy them.
1: Yeah, I mean Steve Miller's a great band. Uh, they don't have the depth to make the final list, but I agree that's that's a, that's a fun list and that's that's probably 38 special for me. Yeah, okay. Where it's like you know you want to put on like their top five songs. you know, I'll put them up against anybody, but after that it falls off real quick. I, sure. I agree. I think we did Led Zeppelin dirty. I think they absolutely deserve to be in just about any top 10 objectively, but I'm like, I just don't have that, that personal connection either, which is which is interesting because I love Greta Van Fleet, which I think is just the modern-day Led Zeppelin, but a little bit better, and I will get <laughs> crucified for saying that, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't understand how I like one and not the other,
0: but there we go. All right, so yeah, that's going to wrap up our Classic Rock Draft um, we'll throw the, we'll throw up the two teams, uh, on social media and you guys, uh, maybe we'll do a, some kind of poll to see, uh, who you guys think came up with the better list, but, uh, that was, that was pretty funny. And I think we could maybe steal this format, uh, for some future episodes, um, and kind of mix it up a little bit.
1: Yeah. Like the, the strategy element of trying to guess who you were going to pick, you know? So I, I think the snake draft was fun. It adds a little bit of just uh, fantasy sports to it. And I didn't play any fantasy sports this year. So love it. Let's do some more.
0: All right. Well, Andy, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Um, I This was a, quite a blast talking about fatherhood. I mean, it's something, you know, that's core to our identities um, and it only will grow to be more so as the years go on. But uh, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, anything else? No, I, I
1: mean I'm gonna second that 100. I th- I think it was really fun just on a personal level, to, you know, kind of have that conversation with you and and maybe some things that we had never explicitly discussed about fatherhood before, but just to see how on the same page we are with a lot of things and and hopefully it's a good listen, you know, for the audience out there to to get our perspective and hopefully you know if if you're a father out there listening to the show, you're enjoying your fatherhood journey as much as we are.
0: Absolutely. All right, everyone, this has been another episode of Buckeye Dads Discuss, and we'll talk to you later. Stay safe, Ohio. Buckeye Dads Discuss is a podcast hosted by Andy and Josh. It's edited by April. You can find us on social media at Buckeye Dads on Twitter, and you can email the show at Buckeye at gmail.com.